Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And I had some absolutely awesome guests joining me today on the show. Uh, so I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with uh, Matthew and Sahara. So they are the founders, the inventors, the visionaries behind the Gorilla Method, which is helping people to sack their boss using real estate, which sounds pretty awesome. In fact, they've done some really great stuff. They've helped people achieve $2.8 million in uplift in their portfolios and double or triple their returns. Awesome, awesome stuff. But really what we dig into in, in this episode is the journey. How, how to go from where you are now to where you want to be. So we start, we talk about their journey and how they went from, you know, mining and then faced failures and did different stuff and then faced a lot of challenges and in fact got into trouble along the way and had to continuously pivot, adapt and adjust but maintain persistence to achieve their goals of being able to sack their boss and then actually be able, being able to help other people. So it's an inspiring journey but it's also one full of very valuable lessons, lessons about mindset, lessons about persistence, lessons about adaptability. And, and these, are the, these are the pillars that are going to take you to where you want to go. We talked about the four afflictions which, are, which uh, impact every property investor. And we also talked about the solutions to those afflictions so that you can overcome them. We talked about a variety of different things, including living a life of purpose and giving back to the community and how, how setting goals based around Ferraris is probably not going to pull you to where you want to go, but setting goals based around impact probably will. So if you have a desire to use real estate in a way that is going to allow you to achieve more freedom, choice and abundance, which is what we talk about on this podcast, then you're going to love this episode. These, it's an, it's an, they're an awesome couple and they're doing amazing work and they're helping a lot of people. And I was very grateful to be able to spend a bit of time with them and, and to be able to share their, share their story with you too. So I know you're going to love this episode and when you are just like pumped up and you're like, I love this, this is great, make sure you share it with somebody else because, you know, the lessons that you learn can help other people too and, it's, and you've got to pay that forward. So share this, share this episode with somebody else, send it to them, give them a link to the podcast, give us a like, a rate, a review on, on iTunes. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the little thumbs up button, do all that kind of stuff. If you're on Facebook, make sure you share this to your page and do all that kind of stuff too. Tag your friends, give them a good old tag. Our mission is to help people like you. And if there are more people like you, then we want to help them too. So help us on our mission and we'll help you on yours to achieve more freedom, choice and abundance in real estate. And of course, if you want to find out how you can get in touch with us directly to be able to help you do that on a one-to-one -one basis or otherwise, there are a couple of places you could go. So you can either head to dashdot.com.au and you can learn about our buyer's agency service and how that may be able to help you get to where you want to go. Or you can head to theinvestorlab.com.au. At the Investor Lab, you will find a, a cadre, a, a smorgasbord of, of free and compensated tools and resources, things that are going to help you go from where you are now to where you want to be. And, and that's yours for the taking. So make sure you head there, check it out. And... I look forward to getting your feedback on this episode and learning what you learned about this so that we can create more wonderful uh, environments for you to grow as well. But without further ado, let's get stuck into it. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me today are a couple, of, a, dy a dynamic, I'm going to go with dynamic, a dynamic couple who are absolutely changing lives, making a huge difference in real estate. In fact, as I understand, they're actually on a mission to help a thousand real estate investors achieve freedom, um, which is pretty awesome. Their names are Matthew and Sahara. They run, uh, they, they've got a method or a methodology called the Gorilla Method and they are out to help people sack their boss. And we're going to talk about a lot of that kind of stuff today. I know it's going to be really awesome. But first, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Matthew and Sahara. How are you? Hey, Goose. Thank you so much for having us. This is uh, really exciting. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Absolutely crushing it. So guys, look, as I touched on just then, there's a lot of stuff we're going to cover today. How to sack your boss. We're going to be talking about cash flow positive property. Here's the thing. I know who you are, but the people listening to this have got no idea who you are. So what I, what I would love to just dig in a little bit is, is who the hell are you guys and, and why are you out to help people sack their boss? 
Well, to put it very simply, we were our struggling investors, right? Just like everybody else dealing with the ups and downs of real estate investing. We've just been very fortunate over our lives, over our career, over the last eight years or so, to be on a trajectory where we've been able to create a, a good outcome for ourselves with cash flow real estate properties. Now, I don't like to often talk about what we've achieved. I like to talk about what we've done for other people. We've helped create over 2.8 million in uplift for other investors and people that have worked with us in our business and around us in our training. So what that means is that people would have had originally, say for instance, a property that's 480 a week, we've been able to double and triple those, those outcomes, right? Primarily through co-living spaces, right? Now we're experts around rooming and shared accommodation. Awesome. Um, we've also been able to, you know, we have our own portfolio, which brings us a really, really healthy outcome. Um, we're rooming house experts here in Victoria. We've helped provide over 800 safe uh, rooms um, for you know people in Victoria, uh, which is a really really solid outcome, giving back to the community. And we're now you know working down a path of divesting in fractional investing and creating a, uh, and improving our portfolio. Awesome. That's that's great. That's awesome. Hugely impactful. Massive uh, massive results. Thank how you. the hell did how the hell did you get there? Like like let's let's actually take a step back. I know you don't want to talk about yourself, but but I believe that the story uh, to get to this point is going to be is going to be uh, very instructive for some other people. So I mean, Thanks. Matthew, you're from South Africa. I can tell by your accent. How did when did you come over here? What led you guys to invest in real estate? What did you do before you started doing this? What happened to get you to the point that you could help people get two point eight million in uplift? Yes, quite a story. Look, um, we've all, I've always been passionate about real estate, but my problem was that I was very, I was putting my direction in the wrong place. Um, I was misunderstanding um, my goals and misinterpreting where I was going. I was kind of lost um, in the beginning, uh, as most people are, you know. I had this idea that I wanted to have success, but I didn't know what that success was, right? I had this philosophy that I had to have a Lamborghini or I had to live on the beach or I have to have this big mansion to live in. That was how I first idealized being wealthy and successful, right? It took me many years to change my mindset and think about the reality of it. And so I, I, I was living in the UK and things had fallen apart for me and, I, and I, I ended up coming to Australia to live here with, uh, with my partner, ex-partner. And I, and I ended up here in Australia. And Australia is an awesome place. So much, sure of, is. So much greatness here. And I really love being here. And I ended up on the mines. Uh, the mines was this big dream, right? People were going on to work on the mines because there's all this great wealth and stuff there. And you could earn a lot of money. And boy, it was hard to get on the mines, right? I had no experience in the mines. I had uh, no qualifications. Uh, and, and it was tough, right? Everyone so, was saying you so needed to know somebody. Can I, can I, can I, did you, what, what did you do? Like, did you have any qualifications to do it? Or did you literally go, all right, look, Google Maps, where's the nearest mine? Let's go and, uh, hey, hey, can I have a job? Like, what, like, where were you at with that? I had to change my mindset, right? I had to think, think about it. So, and this is kind of where things change for me. I, I'm kind of the person that um, nowadays thinks, what am I going to do to make this happen, right? Hmm. I, I was in a place where I was like, you know what, I want to do something with my life. How am I going to make this happen? What is it going to take for me to get into the mind? What is it going to take for me to get into the next step of my life? Mm -hmm. And from that point on, or from that, around that area, that was my philosophy. And I've taken that on very strongly. So to, for me to get into the mind, I literally, I spent about six months studying, head in the books, learning, educating myself to get a position in the mines. And I went around networking. I was talking to people. I was sending out hundreds and hundreds of CVs just to speaking to whoever I could until eventually one day I met somebody and they said, hey, we're looking for somebody to fill this position. And I was like, boom, foot in the door. Once I got the foot in the door, that was it. It was so that's much. a lot of easier. persistence. That's a lot of persistence. A lot of persistence, <laughs> yes. That's, that's another one of our philosophies, persistence. Persistence gets you places. If you don't, oh, yeah. persistent, you're not going to get get very far in, in real estate, life, business, entrepreneurship, or anything, right? Nope. So, no, consi consi consist consistency trumps pretty much everything else, right? Consistency and persistency pretty much trumps everything else. Exactly, absolutely, absolutely yeah. right. And that's that's so important to understand: consistency and persistency, baseline. Totally. Baseline uh, okay, so all right, so so 
Matthew, you moved over. You hadn't met Sahara yet. You you moved to Australia. You 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 went you went deep and went hell hell bent on getting a job in the mines. Well, we went, well, I was in the mines, right? So it all went pear shaped in the mines. Right? So it was all good. It was awesome, making tons of money. Great, awesome, saved money. It was fantastic. I mean, at one point, I think I was earning about two hundred and ninety k a year, and right. the mines. It was it was phenomenal, right? And then it went boom because you know construction had come to the end. My experiences in construction, and it, it just like dropped, right? So the production kept going, but the construction stopped. And and at that time was about the time I met Sahara. We right. uh, we connected and we ended up realizing that uh, we didn't have jobs at the time, right? From earning like great pay to having nothing in like a matter of weeks, right? We ended up in a position where we had this rental property which was costing us quite a bit of money, right? Yeah. At that time, you you could afford the big rentals, right? Because you're earning the money and now all of a sudden you got no money and it starts putting into your savings. Can I, can I ask, where was where was that? In Perth. In that Perth. was in Perth. Okay, so you owned a negatively geared property in Perth. Had the prices dropped at that point? Uh, every, everything was dropping. <laughs> everything uh, was dropping. Uh, uh, prices yeah. of the wages, prices of... Uh, uh, yeah, everything. yeah. So we, we, we had this place and we were like, you know what, we got to do something here. Um, and we have, we have some spare rooms in our property. Um, let's rent these rooms out. Um, we need to cover our bills. That's all we could do and think of at the time. And for us, that ended up being a great solution. Remember, we were living with these, these people. We didn't know them. It was just like, cool. We, we, we made friends with them. But intrinsically, they ended up paying for our bills. They paid okay. for our mortgage, our, uh, our rent. And I think that was the first, that was the first uh, um, sort of co-living space that we created that we actually had some um, small income coming in from, nice. from that particular one. And I think that's when the penny dropped that it was like, oh, this is actually a thing. Okay. This be a thing. So, hang on. Okay. So, so, Sahara, what were you doing prior to this? Oh, I've, uh, I'm actually a long-term um, sort of administrator, but I was actually working what Matthews calls in the mines, but I was working in what I call, um, you know, mining construction, if you like. So, yeah, I've actually been uh, intrinsically um, involved in uh, gold mining and the iron ore, like the whole thing for the last sort of, uh, I'd say, about 12 years I was in uh, in Perth at that particular point in time. And... Um, was definitely um, taking advantage of everything that was going on at the time. Absolutely loved it, but I was, um, yeah, I was, I was making, I was making sacrifices to get ahead. But what kind of sacrifices? Oh, <laughs> ever, ever heard of fly in, fly out? Right. Um, it's great. It's great for um, you know making making yourself a, a nest egg, if you like. Um, but it's not good for family it's not good for relationships um you know it is it's a it's a tough gig and you've got to understand why you're doing it um because like everything you need to sacrifice in order to get ahead yeah so, so yeah. i love i love i love this so i just want to highlight on the story i love the story of sahara she she literally slept in the back of a van on one of the construction sites so she could save up to buy a property right so she didn't That's rent awesome. a property she lived in the back of a van so she could save up to buy one of her first properties in real estate. Awesome, awesome. That's 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 good. That is that's a, that's a good piece to throw in there. Okay, so <laughs> let me let me just quickly. I don't want to get stuck on this too much, but I'm interested to understand. So you guys were both basically making bank in, in the mines, right? You were taking full advantage of the high wages. You were doing all that kind of stuff. You were absolutely. And Sahara, you mentioned something there. You said building a nest egg, right? Did you guys actually do that? Did you actually did you actually, did you actually build a financial buffer, or was it something that you sort of thought you might do, but the wages you just never really did? Like when 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 the taps got turned off, what position were you in? Were you like were you like okay cool we're prepared for this, or was it like oh my god the world's ending? It was what we're going to do to make this work. We we were there and uh, we we realized that we weren't going to be staying in Perth. Our journey was head to head to Melbourne. Um, I have a, uh, to come and be with family and to stay here to you know continue. I like Melbourne, um, and Sahara wanted to come here with me, and we decided that this was the place to be. And we'd already saved up some money, and so we were on the journey to buy another property. Right, that was our, our goal. We got into we got into Melbourne, and we repeated literally what we'd done in Perth. Got a place, rented out rooms. And 
you know, those rooms helped pay for the bills while we were looking for a property to invest in. Now, this is where, where it was interesting. We, made, we were making $80 a week extra on that property, the first property that we got in Melbourne. And the thing is that we didn't know. We were jumping to this blindly. We were just willy-nilly trying this whole idea out, right? It was like, well, we can rent out rooms. It's great. But this is the thing, right? We decided we're going to buy a property. And we went down this journey and it was at the height of Melbourne's craziness. The prices were going up. We were going into auctions and we were just being crazy outbidded. Like it was ridiculous. We're going with like, because our cap was about, you know, we put our cap at 650. We said, we're going to buy it about 650. That's where we're at. Uh, oh no, sorry. It was a bit lower than that. It was, was, it? Five. It was 550. I think it was 550. Yeah, it was 550. 550. At, at that, that time. time. At that time we'd capped ourselves. We said, we want to get a good investment property at 550 what we're going to do to make this happen, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going out, you know, putting our hands up at the auctions and boom, 300K above. And the listings were like in our price range, right? The listings were saying that we were going to get these. We got another one, 400K out, boom. We're like, oh man, this is tough. And this happened for like four, five, sorry, four, five, six months, right? Uh, over and over it was, again. It was literally, yeah. We were it was going literally to, all, almost all of 2015. Crazy, like crazy. I was going to ask what year that was. It was 2015, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 20, 20, 2014, 2015, yeah. And so we were just going to all these auctions and it was like, boom, 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 getting outbidded. But this is the thing, right? Persistence. Like we didn't just give up. We didn't give up, right? We just kept going. We're going to find this deal. We're going to find our property. We're going to find the one that we want. And we just kept looking, right? We just kept looking. We just kept looking. And then lo and behold, one day, ended up at an auction. It was raining. It was bad weather. The, the, the a vendor was under pump to sell. You know, they were under pressure to sell. All the stars just lined up. It was just this perfect environment. And we went and we put our hand up. And no one else was putting their hand up. And we put up our hand again. And the countdown came. Boom, one, two, <laughs> two, three. And then another lady put her hand up. And oh. uh, we were like, oh, not again, not again. I was on the edge of my seat there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sahara was like, no, 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 we're going to go in and get more. So we pushed ourselves a little bit, right? We pushed ourselves another five or 5,000, right? Yep. And that 5,000 that we were pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, boom, that made the difference. We were like, yes. It was, it was basically now we were on the actual market. Yeah. Now we're on the market, right? And I'd already pushed myself. Yeah. And so now that other lady, the other lady that was there, the one who was quite keen as well, she was like, oh, no. And she was shaking her head and she was, she was going to walk away. And I've gone like, yes, I've got this, right? I've got this. And you know what? They went in and talked to the vendor. It still wasn't on the market yet, okay? They've come uh-huh. out and I've gone like, people, yes, we're now on the market. And we didn't, I think I went up, I think I went up another two or something just to secure that as being the last bidder, right? So now as the last bidder, you're going to have the opportunity to negotiate with the owner, Mm. right? So we went in there and I basically said, it's going to happen today and that's our price. Go and make it happen. So being a good little real estate agent, he'd gone like, yep, I don't want to drop the price back down. What? So you went back down. So you went seven grand over. We actually went up two, just another two, just to secure that. But when we went in to negotiate with the owner, it was like, make it happen. This is our top. Okay, that's we're capped out. It's going to sell today, and that's what we're going to pay for it. And so they went back, and it was already it was actually fifteen k under reserve. So we got it fifteen k under reserve. Okay, secured the deal. And that's it. It was just, it was a prime. You, you can imagine after, after six months property. of going through this in the Melbourne's peak, we were coming in at a cap that we, you know, probably unrealistic, but we got the deal. We got the deal because we were persistent, right? And this deal, this is the first of our portfolio that changed everything for us. Because yeah. the perspective that we had on this was now, okay, we got this property. Let's start renting out the rooms. We renovated it, made it look so beautiful. And this property kept, kicked us in at 300, I think it's a 280K equity. And we got a cash flow positive position on that of about, uh, say, 700 or 800 net. Oh, more than that. More than that. There you go. <laughs> so, all right, let's just, I want to just dig into a couple of bits on this. So, what was the, what did you, what did you end, roughly, what did you end up buying that property for? About 550? Uh, it was five. 560. 560 yeah, was, it was uh, right. 560. Okay. You bought it for 560, right? Then you. We renovated. Renovated it, increased the increased the equity by 280. So that puts it up to, what's that, seven, eight, 
thirty or eight twenty or whatever that is. Yep. Yeah, give or take. Was yeah. that was that just through the renovation or was that through the market as well? Both. But it was a combination. It's a combination and yeah. over over about eighteen months. Okay. So we actually Crikey. two stages. So we we made about sixty K, seventy K after the renovation, okay? And then Literally, like within the next sort of um, 9, 10, 12 months, we got it valued again. And that's when we, we made that really, really that's, impressive uplift. Yeah. That's sick. All right. So you bought it for bought it for 560, did a reno, uh, increased the value. So probably what, about 30K on the reno or something like that. Right. So bought it, we'll call it 590, renting it for about what, 700, did you say? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's our net, that's our net in cash intake. Right, so after expenses, net. we're getting net, yeah, net seven, eight hundred, maybe nine hundred. Because 900. we we were renting out each room. Yeah, still, that's pretty impressive. But, so what are, what are the what are the gross what were the gross and net yield numbers roughly? We just don't need to be specific. Oh, well, there's six rooms, so at twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. Right, fifteen hundred, fifteen, six hundred on uh, on gross, yeah. Wow, and seven hundred net. Yeah. And that, okay. that, that'll increase by another 300 as well uh, per week once we finish the renovation that we've got okay. on the property. All <laughs> we're, right. we're still upgrading it. <laughs> okay, so okay, so this is definitely a game changer, this property. Um, <laughs> but the thing is we actually had the, the foresight and the experience and the understanding of, of what to look for in that property. Yep. So okay. that was How did you get that? I, I knew that paying that extra money at that auction is going to come back and you know benefit us tenfold in the future because we had that vision because we understood what we could do with that sort of property. How how did you how did you gain those skills? Like you you don't just do that by going ah oh, I don't know I'll just I'll room share and I'll just get people to rent out a room like you don't that doesn't just happen like that. What where, there's a gap there. Where did you learn the skills? Yeah, that's interesting because for most of our lives, here's the thing. I've met Sahara. She was living in shared accommodation. And I was busy setting up shared accommodation, right? So I had a place that I was going to rent out the rooms. We'd met, Tahara came and moved in with me and we're renting out this room place in Perth, right? Before that, I spent probably since, the, probably since I was 16 years old living in shared accommodation. So my whole life, I've lived in shared accommodation. When we started going down this journey in Melbourne, I lived in shared accommodation. We were living in all our properties as we were setting them up, right? Yeah. We were living in them on mattresses, setting them up, getting them ready, and then trying to get into the next one. I've lived in shared accommodation literally for 25 years. That's mm. been my life. Right? So uh, intrinsically, it's been one of the core things that I've done. Just now for the first time over the last eight years, we've been doing it the right way. We've made it or created a business out of it. What's the right way? What's the right way and the wrong way? <laughs> right. So, so our journey continued and look, we were, we were really motivated to buy into real estate and to do this over and over again. We got to, we got to our third property, right? And we would set up and in, in uh, Australia, there is what we didn't know at the time, serious regulation around this, right? <laughs> I was starting to wonder about that. Yep. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just willy nilly put people in rooms and rent out a property. It doesn't work that way. There's laws and there's rules and there's regulation. Now, un unfortunately, we, we were going into this blasé, but at some point, the, the penny dropped when we got a knock on the door and letters in the post saying, you're doing something wrong. We're going to come and inspect. And it kind of unfolded where we, gonna, we kind of copped some fines and we learned a very, very, very valuable and hard lesson. That lesson probably cost us about 40K. Um, it was a very tough time for us to go through that loss. We literally had to kick people out of our properties. Um, the councils were putting their foot down and being very strong about certain things. And it's fair enough. This is a this is about the safety of people and uh, you know keeping people um, you know doing things the right way. So we got into trouble, and that's when we realized and started learning about doing things the right way. We had to redo and rethink and re invent ourselves with um and we were at the point where i'd i was work i got back into work again and so i'd started working so we could keep going through the real estate um, process you know we needed a good income. yeah you need service you need serviceable income right yeah yeah and we'll talk about the we'll talk about how i sacked my boss in a minute but <laughs> we got to this point where i got these uh, we got to this real estate and i'd sacked my boss 
and then everything fell apart. So I had no income. We just stripped out a whole our properties of income and we had nothing again. So we're facing back at square one. All right. So we learned that there is important regulation around this and we had to rethink ourselves and reinvent and do it the right way. Can I, can I ask, uh, so obviously you shouldn't have done the wrong thing, naughty, um, yeah. and it was a tough learning lesson, but obviously the, the toughest learning lessons are obviously our, our great, uh, usually our greatest teachers, right? Can I ask, if you had known how to do it the, the right way, you know, by the book and all of that kind of stuff, do, from the start, if you just like, if you had say go on and study it or whatever, do you think that would have changed your trajectory or do you think that like, because you were a little gung ho, that kind of gave you just like, you're like smashing into it. And then it was like, okay, actually shouldn't have done that. Now I'll go fix my mistakes. If you'd switch that around and go on, okay, I'm going to study first. I'm going to learn what needs to be done. And then I'll go and purposely do it. Do you, how do you think that might've changed your journey? We probably wouldn't have gone down this journey, to be honest with you, because action is the best learning. Doing mm. is the best learning. And we did. And that learning was worth spending 20 years in university around this. Of course, we're not encouraging people to go out and break the law, guys, listen, listeners. <laughs> but, but, it's a, but it's an interesting idea. And I was curious about that because sometimes it, yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that the action begets success. I absolutely fundamentally believe that. And I think that, that people just need to go out there and give it a crack and be prepared to make mistakes. Again, I'm not encouraging people to go and break the law or put anyone at risk or do anything like that. But, but mistakes are our greatest teachers and the lessons we learn shape our, shape our future massively. And I, I, would, I would encourage anyone who's, uh, who's a little nervous and a little scared to just pull up the socks and take a big yeah, deep breath and, and jump right into it. And so on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just, you know, like you've got to shock yourself into action sometimes and that'll give you to take you to the best destinations. But, okay, cool. So you stuffed it up. You got in trouble. You, 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 you had to go and fix it all. Then what? Well, we pivoted. Right. So we pivoted, yes. Yeah, one we had thing, to. Exactly. One, one of the big things we've we're, we're very become well aware and acutely aware of in our lives and our business is pivoting. Pivoting is, uh, is very important because sometimes you're going in a direction and it doesn't quite work out and, you, and this is still like comes back to our philosophy, what are we going to do to make this happen, right? How are we gonna, what are we going to do to make this work? And so we had to take a step back and say, right, now it's time for figuring out the solutions. Who do we need to speak to? How do we fix this up? What are we going to do to put all the pieces back together so we can save this damn thing, so we can put it together and move forward, right? So for the, for it took us a good three months of talking, sending letters backwards and forwards, talking to um, building surveyors, council agents, owners. I mean, <laughs> a, a lot of stress. A lot of people involved in this. <laughs> the the tenants that we had, like it was just an ongoing like, com, you know, a lot of things going backwards and forwards. And we were learning, learning every day. We we're learning something new. We ended up. Um, we ended up figuring out a process, and this is the baseline of our system, what we do to help people in, in this area. And that sparked so much in, in, in us because we've, we eventually gone through, we learned from the councils what we needed to do. We've spoken to surveyors, architects, everyone. They put it into perspective for us. They gave us a good, we, we formulated a good guideline around how we needed to do this the right way. And then we were like, boom, let's do this. We started putting it in place. And from those three properties now to nine properties, it's been a, it's been a solidly awesome journey. Okay, so can I ask, you guys have got construction backgrounds and all of that kind of stuff. How much did that play into your ability to be able to adapt and pivot and adjust and deal with councils and change, understand all of that stuff? Is this something that, is this something that people need to have skills and experience to be able to get their head around or, or is this something that anyone can do? This, it's com it can be a bit complicated. Definitely the construction side of things. This is the thing in construction. When you're a, a manager in construction, you have to know a lot of regulation, rules, compliance, all this stuff. So they're always putting you, putting in front of you all these books that you've got to know, mm. tick the boxes, right? Know all these things. And so that definitely helped to be able to work through the processes <clears throat> to understand, to make it simple, right? So we needed to make it simple for us. And that's how we run our business now is to keep it simple. Um, unfortunately, in this whole co-living space, there's a lot of complexity and technical aspects of it, right? And we, it took us a long time to work through that. Um, but that's why we've been able to blossom in our business is because we've simplified it and we've been able to give people a solution that's a lot simpler. When they look at it, they're like, okay, 
you, you guys know how to sort this out, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's really interesting because when, when you said something there that when you sort of you face this challenge and then you had to think about it in a different way and all of a sudden it clicked and you found a methodology that worked and that allowed you to build a framework that then you could simplify it and then communicate that to other people, right? That's that is a very similar process to what I went through in a very different way and mine's I guess more geared around you know finding locations and all of that kind of stuff. I had the same same kind of scenario. We. You know, we stuffed it up. We failed when we were getting into property. We bought the wrong property, wrong place, wrong time, all of that kind of stuff. Tried to work it out and then was very, you know, had to, it was like, how does all this work? And then found a way to distill what the core principles needed to be. We call that the holy trinity. And then found a way to, to simplify the process and go, oh, bang. And all of a sudden it's like a, it's like a key turns in a lock, isn't it? And it's like, oh, hang on a second. Now that I've distilled this down, I can actually communicate this to other people and that can help them too. And it's it's so enriching, I think. So congratulations on having that for yourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's so much co- confusion and frustration out there in, in the world, um, you know, misinformation. You know, when, when you find something that's simple for and you can share that with people, pe- people need that, they want that, they love that because, you know, uh, it's so confusing out there with, with real estate. Really, really. A hundred percent. I read a quote the other day that, that um, expertise in a field is the ability to take uh, complex ideas and communicate them in simple ways, mm. which is interesting. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> love exactly. That. exactly. Awesome. I loved it too. Yeah. I was like, oh, bam. Wow. How awesome. <laughs> all right. So, all right, cool. So we've covered how you guys got there. You've now got, what is it? Nine, nine, nine plus three. How many properties now? Yeah. I think we lost count. Right, that's a good problem. It's a good problem to have. Okay, so you, you you had all these trials and tribulations. You got to this point. You worked out how to. You worked out a method. You've called that the gorilla method, as I understand. And this is all great. Now you've got heaps of properties. That's cool. People are loving the story. How wonderful. How the hell do you help people sack their boss? Or how did you sack your boss? How does that work? Let's go. Let's go down that story. Um, this is this is for us interesting because we love this idea, right? Now let me let me be clear. Sacking your boss is not quitting your job, right? Sacking your boss. What's the difference? There's a very, very big difference between sacking your boss and quitting your job. This is the thing, right? I try to quit my job four times. I call my job the golden handcuffs, right? I was earning a really good uh, wage or income. Right? That income was brilliant. But for every, every outcome that I had, I would get a bonus, right? So when I performed a certain level, I would get a bonus. And those bonuses were really good. I got stuck in trapped in this golden handcuffs for many, many years, way too long, too longer than I care to, um, you know, be, be proud of. And this, these handcuffs held me into my job because I was doing so well. I was getting a pat on the back. You're doing, I was being validated for what I was doing, right? Which is cool. But I, I kept quitting my job. I would go hand in my resignation off. I'd go, I'm going to go do something cool. Now I'm going to make my own money. Then well, I'd kind of run out of momentum. I kind of get deflated because, you know, you left your job. What am I going to do? Things aren't working out. And then I'd either call back, right, and go back to the job because I hadn't gotten out of that. And or they would call me back and say, hey, we got another project. I'm going to offer you more money, right? And so there was this vicious cycle happening. So for real I mean, I did it probably, we probably, I got sacked and I left my job a few times, but four big times, right? Four big times I left my job. This is it. I'm done. I'm out. And I ended up going back because I kept quitting. Here's the thing. I'm, I then had to, I realized, right, if I was going to get into a better position in my life, I'm going to have to put myself with my back against the wall and go and sack my boss, right? The mindset is different because I need to be in a position where I'm not going to freaking go back. That's it. I'm done. I've had enough. What am I going to do to do that? How am I going to sack my boss? This is the journey that I took, right? And sacking your boss is a decision. It's a proactive decision. Um, quitting your job is a reactive decision. Oh, I've had enough. I've got, the, I've got you know, this is it. I'm, I quit. I, I quit. I quit. I'm out of here. No one wants to be a quitter anyway, right? Exactly. How confident are you? How does that feel when you're in such a good position that you've got money coming in, you've got uh, cash in your back pocket, and you can walk up to, I mean, it might be a nice boss, might be a bad boss, I just call it a boss, whatever, and you've got the confidence to say, hey, listen, you and me, we're done, you're handing in your resignation, um, and I expect uh, to be out of here in a couple of weeks, all right? We're good. 
how good is that feeling rather than say i'm quitting i'm handing in my notice and uh, we'll see what happens right that's totally reactive so for me the power is in the mindset sucking your boss is a powerful position to be in after all this time i'd realized that there was i needed to change my mindset i had to be in the position of authority and power to be able to take control of my life because it was my journey our lives and we wanted to go somewhere with all this so, so how can other people do that? How, like, you know, so you went through that journey, you built up that, that resilience exactly. and stuff, but how can other people do that? So yes, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the step, right? For many, many years, I chased this dream of a Ferrari, the big house on the beach, you know, the sunglasses, the, the, <laughs> the, this imagery that they have and they throw out in marketing, right? For so many years, I chased this. Uh, I was like, let's head for the Ferrari. I had to change my mindset, right? How people get into the position of sucking their boss is very simple, right? Incremental steps, incremental goals, incremental accomplishments. I focused on one number, right? My number was I needed to earn $2,500 per week. Now, for some, that might be a lot. That number could be different. I speak to people that say, I need 1000 a week to survive, to pay my bills, to have enough money to spend, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it was $2,500. I focused on that. 100%. That's how much money I had to earn to feel comfortable to walk up to my boss and say, that's it, I'm done, I'm out, I'm doing my own thing from now. And people will say, well, what are you going to do if you've got that money, you're paying your bills and you've got nothing left to spend to buy more real estate, right? How are you going to survive? How are you going to move forward in your life? That was, that was mindset change number two. Wealth is a team sport, right? And what, what, what do you mean? So when, when I talk about wealth creation, mm. the, the number one, the, one of the force um, afflictions that I talk about in our training and, and when we deal with people is that one of them is the ceiling. The ceiling is how much money you earn, mm. right? how much money you can save, how much money you can put down on a deposit on a house, your income based on how much money the bank is going to lend you. Right? It's a very debilitating affliction. Most people suffer from it because mm -hmm. you know, you're capped by what you can, you can produce. I was afraid of that for so many years. I was afraid, what am I going to do? How am I going to move forward in my journey if I'm not earning a, a decent income? Yeah, if you, if you, if you get to $1,000 a week and then go, all right, cool, that, that's me, then you, you're going to hit a ceiling, right? So you, so you wanted to go, how can I make sure I don't hit a serviceability cap so that I can still achieve the things that I want to achieve? without hitting that ceiling, right? Correct, correct, exactly. Nice. And the ceiling is this is, is thing. But step number one was to create the platform, 2,500 a week. Step mm -hmm. number two is change your mindset. Once I got to a point where I was earning that 2,500 a week and I was on that platform, I could now look around. Imagine what you can do with eight extra hours a day or nine extra or 10 extra hours a day, right? A lot. You think... If you, when you understand that when you with the power of having that extra time in your hand to create more opportunity, to create more wealth out of it, start networking with people, drawing in from other experts and people around you, you soon realize when you're in a position to, to work with other people that money is not a problem. There's money out there, right? People are prepared to do business with you if you're prepared to create a solution. And so we've become a really highly driven solution-based um, business as entrepreneurs to connect with other entrepreneurs, to create wealth through connecting a community together that works to create more wealth. So when we changed this idea uh, and we, we weren't afraid of that ceiling anymore, everything changed for us, right? We now created a platform. We're earning enough income based on our focus. It wasn't even $2,500 a week, my friend. It was way less. I just had that number, and at some point I said, this is it. I've got enough. My boss is being sacked. <laughs> nice. And then the next step was to go, right, now what? Let's start creating wealth and connecting with other people, building a community, and joining forces with others. Awesome. So, what do you what do you what do you what do you think are the biggest like the four kind of maybe four could be three could be whatever. What do you think are the biggest um, kind of key lessons that you learned um, that helped you to get to that point, and also that other people can apply so that they can achieve similar levels of success? What are the What do you think they are? 
Well, for us, there's the four pillars that people face. We call them the four afflictions, the four fatal afflictions of, of humans. And these four, and I won't go too deep into them, they're deflation, which kind of correlates with um, demotivation, yep. uh, overwhelm, being confused. There's doubt, you know, which brings on the fear of failure, um, you know, low self-esteem and all that stuff. There's negative time where we talk about building somebody else's dream instead of your own dream. And then there's the ceiling, which I just talked about, where you're, you're capped by how much you earn and what your potential is, right? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you overcome? There's four afflictions. What are the actual, how do you, how do you, how do you crash them? Persistence and uh, creating a, a, a team around you. Wealth is a team sport. So those are the key lessons I've learned over, my, over our journey that we've learned is that number one, persistence. If you want something badly enough, if you do whatever it takes to make it happen, it can and will happen. And number two is to create wealth and to have a good journey, you need to network and have the right people around you. I couldn't agree more. Do you think those two, do you think those two solutions solve the four afflictions? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, my, my, myself on a personal level. I mean, I've got a tribe of mentors, right? Like, I, I, I I'm a, I'm a passionate learner myself, right? So I'm constantly learning, either reading or doing courses or whatever. Like feeding feeding that machine. Information's great, though. Information's awesome. Information without action is completely useless. Like it's it's it's. It's it. You might as well go and eat a Big Mac, right? Like it just, it just, it doesn't really matter. Here's the thing, though: action, action without perspective is just as bad, right? Yeah. Because if you're just, you can just go out and just take action, just take random action, and be like, "All right, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing." And how many people do you know who are busy in life, and they're busy, and they get really busy, and they're not really getting where, getting anywhere? And look, obviously. You know, building a team around help, buying property and all of that kind of stuff is great, but you need a team for everything. You know, like in me in my life right now, I look at the areas where I I need bumper rails. You know, and and I go, okay, cool. Who who who's going to be on my team? And so I have about, um, I think about five five different mentors and coaches. Plus, I'm in uh, two different masterminds. Um, just just so that I've constantly got people going, so I can be like, can I actually just check? Is my thinking correct? Am I thinking about this the right way? I am awesome. Do, do, keep doing that. Oh, I'm not. Oh, good. I'm glad I got that perspective. So I, could, I couldn't agree more because that's actually what helps break you through that the fear and the doubt, right? So the lack of motivation. You need somebody else who can cheer you on and tell you, are you on track or off track? You need uh, you need someone who can give you a head check. I like to call it like. Uh, is this? Is it? Am I doing the right thing here? So it allows you to overcome the doubt. Am I taking the right actions? Um, and of course, you need somebody who can kind of shine that light a little bit further along and go, "Look, it's just over there. That's where the doorway is. It's, it's just down there. It's right over there." And shine that torch. So I, I would I would agree with that. And I don't think anything beats persistence for um, getting results in the long run. So yeah, persistence, and you know, like you just said, the the nail the nail in that persistence is having the right people around you. When you're talking in forums like this or talking to people that are, you know, that you look up to or that are doing good things in, in, in business and in life, even just a normal conversation, even just this conversation, you're learning, you're growing, you're, you're educating each other and it's brilliant, right? So connection is so, so important, but connect that with persistence, uh, people keeping you in, in check, just like you said. It, it, there's no stopping you. Once you decide and you keep, you want to move forward, if you, if you, totally focused and you're persisting to get to that goal and you've got people around you that are that are keeping you in that direction and helping you move forward and giving you encouragement and giving you all the, the, the boost you need. Nothing, nothing can stop you. It's just, there's an open road ahead of you. You just, you've got to be sticking on that road and, and work it. It might be a little bit of a wavy, dodgy road. Like it's, you know, doesn't always go straight. Never a straight line. A straight line, but stick on the road and, you know, have the people with you helping you working together to get that end goal. And that's very, very important. Okay. Awesome. So if someone, I'm, I'm mindful of time, right? So if, if somebody wanted to, if somebody wanted to, if they're like pumped up listening to this and they're like, hell yeah, right? Hell yeah. I want to go and do that. I want to sack my boss. I want to build a town. I do all the good stuff, right? What do you, what do you think is the best pathway to doing that? I mean, you've obviously got a, a methodology, the, the gorilla method. What's the outcome that you're trying to help people achieve? What, like, what is it? Like, what is the end? What is the net result that people can get? 
Yep. So we're very focused on cash flow positive real estate, and we we're not we're not those that couple or those um, you know speakers entrepreneurs that talk about you know the Ferrari or the Lamborghini. No. Our methodology is very simple. It's about creating a platform. The platform that we created to get that two thousand a week is what we we're trying to help people accomplish, right? To get into a comfortable position so that they feel good about themselves, so their self-esteem is strong, they feel confident, they feel motivated, they feel energized. It's a, it's a very simple process. We um, Can I talk about the challenges in this? No, because it won't be timeless. Okay. So, so we have a process where we try and help people to accomplish that feeling of confidence, to be able to achieve things in their life, to be able to understand that they can break through the ceiling, that there isn't a ceiling if you change the way you think, and that they can accomplish so much more in their lives. We're very passionate about helping a thousand entrepreneurs, right? One thousand entrepreneurs. That's our goal. We're on a journey. And we believe that we're going to make an impact. We, we truly do. But ultimately, what we're looking to accomplish for people is to create a community of people with smiles. Are a community of people who smiles and feel good about themselves, who know where they're going, and want to and, and can make confident decisions going forward. Awesome. So, can I ask it? Ask it directly. Is is rooming houses the solution to getting people out, or is it is that the only way, or is there many ways of doing it, or what's what do you guys think? So, for us, when we talk to people and we we talk about the solutions. We ourselves have done it through co-living spaces, right? Mm-hmm. We've created an outcome, a really good outcome by renting out rooms. We're very focused on creating a, a community solution where those rooms are set up well. They've got um, the, the, the people that are living in them are happy and they want to be there for a long time. They're safe, they're comfortable, and they're set up with compliance. That's the fundamental basis of our um, whole business um, structure, right? And we, we know that there's so many people that are able to do and facilitate this for themselves, mm. people that own property, people that want to buy property, people who want to invest in property. Co-living for us has been a really good foundation for us to be able to break free, to be able to get in the position where I could leave full-time employment and go down a journey of full-time real estate. Mm. We've used that as a platform. And so that's what we teach. That's what we talk about fundamentally. Okay, awesome. And, and what's your vision of success now? You know, you said once upon a time it was the Ferrari and the glasses and the beach and all of that stuff. What's your vision of success now? Now our vision of success is to be able to create that community of smiles, right? And to be, 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 be able to see that people have an impact in their lives, right? We, for me, success is, being, is seeing people getting real results. It's to see people smiling and to have community outcomes. We're very focused on community outcomes now, right? Giving back to, to um, welfare, giving back to people in need, the disadvantaged, um, affordable housing. We're very driven on being able to create community solutions and creating an impact for people. So for, for me, if, you, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, what is your vision of success? It was driving around in a Ferrari. Today, it's like, you know what? I want to be able to give to the community without it being an issue, right? If I could give 10,000 or 100,000 to community drives, that's really what, for me, success is. And that's what we're driving towards. Nice. So, Harry, have you got anything to add to that? No, we, we're, we're very, um, we're very uh, synergied <laughs> yeah. right, with, um, with what we're trying to achieve um, for, for our community. When we, when we um, are able to, like, share our story, share our experience and share our knowledge, and someone else will take all of that up and then they start going achieving themselves. Like I've just got goosebumps just thinking about it. So like fulfilling. It, it is um, what, you know, how much, how much more, um, you know, can you, can you sort of um, uh, give um, and, and you, you encourage that person to take what they're learning and to go ahead and, you know, have their own achievements and then they get that feeling. Um, and it just, you know, just like sort of, you know, it, it just accumulates and like throughout a community, um, it, it's, uh, it's really powerful, really, really powerful. I, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm probably the antithesis of your average kind of real estate guy. You know, I, I'm not out there. I didn't become a buyer's agent because I'm just like, oh, my God, I just, I just love bricks. You know, it's like I don't, I don't, I don't you know, I almost, to put it bluntly, I don't really care about real estate. What I care about is people, right? And the whole reason that I wanted to start this business, the whole reason we're doing what we're doing 
is is that is is about the humans. It's about going. Oh my God, we can help you go from where you are now to where you want to be in a really meaningful way. That's going to have like a deep impact, and that in turn is going to help. My vision is that if I can help people to to transform their own situation, they're going to have have the ability to transform the community around them. Now, I was always like a like a punk, like an anarchist, and I was I really always wanted to go into politics. I wanted to change the world, but I realised that politics is is very convoluted. You're probably never going to get there. Look look what happened to Peter Garrett, right? And um, and so I figured I figured the way that I'm going to change the world, the greatest act of social rebellion that I could uh, do would be to help others create greater levels of prosperity and instill the, the values that will seep into society and have a much deeper and long-term impact. So, boom. <laughs> nice. So, guys, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving your story and I'm loving what you guys are doing and I think that um, the way you're helping people is, is super impactful and I've really enjoyed this conversation too. It's been great to, to go a little deeper on things and we've covered a lot of ground here. We've covered how to go through challenges and, the, and the, the windy road that allows you to get to the point where you can achieve these kind of things and have this kind of impact. And I, I really think this is going to be a really impactful episode for everyone. Is there anything you want to share with people before we, um, before we wrap it up for today? Um, wow, we have covered a lot. Um, I think we're pretty good. I'm also just mindful of time because I've got um, some meetings coming up. Uh, you want to share anything else, anything we need to think about? No, I just... I think um, being able to, um, you know, sort of connect with you know people like yourself, Goose, and to to have to have a, a platform in which to be able to, you know, reach out to people and and let them know that there are solutions out there. Okay, mm. there are solutions, and you know, action taking is is the only way that you can move forward. Um, and just to, um, yeah, just just to believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of frustration in, in our in our sector, right? Real estate is a confusing thing, and it can be challenging. So many people have been hurt by making bad decisions, or they they're struggling to move forward. Seeing everyone else having success, and they're just trying to chunk into it, and it's, it's it can be debilitating. Facing doubt and facing the fear, and well, am I doing the right decision? Am I going to buy the right property? What type of property should I get? What strategy should I use? How do I do this? Is somebody able to help me? If I put up my hand, then somebody, you know, the people are in groups, Facebook groups, talking, asking questions, and then somebody cuts them down because they're smart ass or they, they think they're cleverer or whatever. And people are kind of running around in circles going, what the heck is going on? But they know that real estate is an ultimate, a good option. And people like us, we're doing it. It can be done. It's possible. Here's the thing, right? Believe in yourself. Find one thing that you know that you can be good at. One thing. Look at all the different strategies that are out there, and there's many, 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 many of them. But look at the one idea, the one concept that resonates with you. Life changed for us drastically when we started focusing on one, one particular thing, right? One focus. Take that idea that's out there, it resonates with you. Say, I want to do this. Then say to yourself, what am I going to do to make this happen? And make it happen. Boom. Boom. 